A quick note before we get started. The Colorado Springs and Cripple Creek District Railway was known by the name The Short Line. It is by this name that we will refer to the rail line in this episode. Welcome to Stories from the Midland, a collection of historic tales from Teller County and the surrounding areas. In this episode, we're fighting our way into the blizzard of December 1913. This episode was written and is being presented for you by Tommy Allen. From the Leadville newspaper, the Herald Democrats, December 5th, 1913 edition. Cripple Creek, December 4th. The worst blizzard this section has ever known is raging here tonight. Cattle are suffering. All mines are shut down. Schools are closed. Local transportation lines are blocked. Train lines are stalled at all points, and while there is plenty of coal at the mines, the miners cannot reach the mines. The blizzard struck this section at 4 o'clock this morning and continues tonight. Drifts are piling up from 3 to 20 feet high in the streets. The worst snowstorm in recorded Colorado history had begun, walloping the entirety of the Front Range from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way to Raton, New Mexico. Throughout Colorado, dozens of passenger trains were stranded, but high winds were only reported in the Cripple Creek District, turning that heavy snowfall into a raging blizzard. Now imagine a V cut into the ridge to allow tracks to pass through. Imagine the snow getting caught up in that V, building higher and higher until the cut is fully filled. All evidence there ever was a cut is erased. Not even the tracks can be seen buried under all that snow. This was the case for every cut on the short line. And as the snow collected in those cuts, raging wind blowing over them formed hard crust, making impenetrable walls. On that December 4th afternoon, into the Maelstrom short line train number four departed Cripple Creek. It was headed for Colorado Springs, some 40 track miles away. The train was headed by two engines, pulling three cars with 32 passengers, and it made its way about halfway home. 20 miles down the tracks was Summit Station. At 9,918 feet above sea level, it was the highest point on the short line. And it was here that train number four could go no further. It stopped there about 6 p.m. and though the train was reportedly well provisioned, the crew and passengers had no way of knowing how long they'd be snowbound. The blizzard raged into that night until about 11 o'clock when the clouds suddenly cleared. But this only lasted a few hours and by early December 5th, the blizzard was back with a vengeance. While those train passengers were stranded, the Cripple Creek District was having troubles of its own. Mines were shut down. While coal was being used up at a rapid rate, the mines still had plenty, but because of the snow, nobody could get to them. The power plant caught fire and burned to the ground, leaving Cripple Creek in darkness. Several business houses were destroyed, and many homes were badly damaged. And at some time during the storm, isolated in a lonely cabin on Bull Hill, Mrs. Vez Porter committed suicide. She was discovered days later by 10 miners who brought her body to Victor. 
Early on that December 5th morning, another train was dispatched to rescue the one stuck at Summit. It was headed by two engines with one car carrying a shoveling crew. It got within three miles of the summit when both locomotives derailed in a massive snowdrift near Saderland. Another train was sent up from Colorado Springs. This train was made up of three engines and a car filled with provisions. The train entered a tunnel on North Cheyenne Canyon only to discover that the far end had been blocked by a snowslide. They then discovered that after they entered the tunnel, the drifting snow blocked the entrance behind them too. So that train was stuck in the tunnel, but being in a train filled with provisions, that crew was well set up to wait for help. One more train with supplies and shovelers tried to get out of Cripple Creek, but its car derailed. When the car was put back on the track hours later, it could get no more than a couple of miles from its origin and had to go back. At some point during all of this, another engine derailed and ended up on its side near the Portland Mill west of Colorado Springs. As the sun rose on December 6th, the morning was clear and sunny, but too much snow had accumulated for shovel crews to be at all effective. Over at the Colorado Midland, crews and rotary plows had cleared tracks up Pikes Peak to divide. The CM and the short line agreed to work together to get the lines open between Divide and Cripple Creek. They were working together to break the district's isolation and then continue on to rescue the train at Summit. Colorado Midland Rotary Plow A, pushed by CM460 engine number 46 and 280 engine number 204, short line 280 engine number 2, and an unidentified Midland Terminal 280 engine, started south along the Midland Terminal tracks on the afternoon of the 6th. But the group didn't get very far. A little way out of Divide, they found a cow, a dead cow a dead and frozen cow. Of course, a big cow-shaped block of ice spelled disaster for the rotary plow. Luckily, as those huge spinning blades impacted with the cow destroying the rotary shaft and the blades, neither the plow nor the locomotives were derailed. The group reversed back to divide and the rotary plow was sent back to Colorado Springs for repair. Rotary Plow B arrived from Leadville with Dave Cuthbert, an engineer man very experienced in rotary plow operations, in the early morning of the 7th, and the clearing crew headed southward again. Throughout the operations, even though the crews from several different railroads had never worked together before, they were all highly experienced and they worked together well. Now let's look in on the passengers stuck at Summit. The train couldn't be stuck in a colder place. But don't forget that the train had two locomotives. This meant two tenders with all that loaded coal. And don't forget that snow was piled up against the sides of the car and, strangely enough, snow can be a good insulator. So the train cars were kept warm. And there was an eatery at Summit whose kitchen had been enlarged in 1907, meaning the people stuck there stayed reasonably fed. The train clearing team with the rotary plow fought through to Cameron, arriving around one o'clock in the morning. There, they turned east and began their battle against the snow and ice towards the passengers at Summit. All things considered, they made good time to the stuck rescue train at Saderland. 
Once they cleared the derailed engines from the track, their progress was slowed as they climbed the highest and most snowbound part of their journey. However, they busted through the remaining three miles of snow and ice and arrived at train number four, stuck at summit on the morning of December 10th. I got to thinking that those engine crews had been pushing the rotary plow and busting the snow and ice since the morning of December 7th. I was wondering if a rest plan had been put in place or if the crews just stayed awake battling for every foot of progress for upwards of 72 hours. Either way, they seem to have made a Herculean effort to reach and rescue Train 4. With the tracks cleared behind them, Train 4 backed into Cameron. There, they turned north and took the passengers to Colorado Springs via Midland Terminal and Colorado Midland Tracks. The plowing crews that had reached Summit now started the task of clearing out the tracks in and around the Cripple Creek Gold District. And in a showing of companies working together in times of emergency, a Denver and Rio Grande plow pushed by three engines worked its way up to Summit Station, freeing the relief train stuck in the tunnel at Cheyenne Canyon along the way. This could have been a disaster. Conditions were some of the worst imaginable and some huge mistakes were made along the way. But with normally competing railroads working together and engine crews and shovelmen putting in heroic efforts and with no small amount of luck, no passengers or crew lives were lost. Thank you for joining me for this episode. This is Tommy Allen wishing you a great day. And should you find yourself faced with a train ride into a raging blizzard, you may want to wait for the next one. I look forward to having you join me next time for more Stories from the Midland. You can find the references used in this podcast episode on its webpage. Visit storiesfromthemidland.com slash podcast. The track clearing team with the rotary plow fought through camera. Oh, boop, 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 boop. Gosh, why can't I talk today? Let's try that again.